Welcome to Building Healthy Relationships, the Four Habits podcast, helping you enjoy better harmony at home, thrive at work, and win at life. Here are your hosts, Dr. Andrea and John Taylor Cummings, recognized authorities on the subjects of improving work relationships and cultures, as well as couple and home relationships. Well, hello and welcome to all our audience uh, participating around the world. Wonderful to have you. This is the next in the series of the Four Habits podcast, Building Healthy Relationships. Today is definitely about harmony at Absolutely. home. And I'm so excited because it's a really, really special, it's a Valentine's edition, isn't it? I don't know when people are going to be hearing this. Maybe on Valentine's Day itself. We want to get this episode out early, Valentine's Day, but people may be listening to this weeks, months afterwards. I think any time they listen to it, it will be very relevant yeah. to Valentine's and definitely to Harmony at Home. Uh, and I'm excited because today I get to hang out with my sisters and my brothers in love. Yes, that's what we call each other. Not brothers in law, but yeah, brothers, legal. brothers, brothers, in, love. brothers in love. <laughs> Um, and the backstory that you have to understand is that three sisters uh, got married within nine months of each other, and we have all just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. So I think we whoop, could call whoop, 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 absolutely. Big, big whoop, whoop. <laughs> I, what you didn't say is that 30 years ago, their, their dad also celebrated because the three beautiful girls all wore the same dress. Yeah. And yes, that was yes. a real celebration for his pocket, I think. He, he appreciated that one. It yeah. was the plan, but it just worked out that way. It was a real blessing. Yeah, so I'm really super excited to be sitting with my sisters, with my husband as well, with my sisters and my brothers in love, to be talking about lessons learned yeah. over 30 years of marriage. And we could call this session three times 30, couldn't we? I think so. 90 <laughs> years of marriage in the room. My 90 years of marriage. So welcome to doctors, James and Karen, and you'll hear a little bit more about them in a moment. James and Karen, if you wave and everybody will know that's you. Wonderful. And welcome to our beloved Sean and Beverly. If you wave, they, they'll share their romance story that goes all the way back to high school. Um, so much that we, we have to... Uh, cover but you want to start with the usual Let, let's give proper some, introduction. some proper introductions i i made a couple of notes here because there's so much we could talk for hours just about these wonderful people here for for those watching on on camera for the people you can see for those listening in the people you can you're about to hear um i just jotted down a few points because i really wanted to share some really key insights into the people you're about to to, to be listening to so beverly hibbert is a very experienced real estate broker uh in the state of florida who now trains yeah, other real estate an brokers and instructor trains other people in that in that in that field uh, has a background in banking and um, healthcare administration and has a great heart for mentoring colleagues i yeah. think it's fair to say and other people around her uh, a wonderful person as you will hear very shortly uh, sean hibbert uh, background in well has all, all all the time i've known sean has been a he's a an aeronautical engineer to surpass other aeronautical engineers is my my take on him so the guy has licenses on just about any commercial aircraft, I think, flying around the world today. In fact, if you were to fly into and out of uh, Orlando on British Airways, I think Sean and his team will be the people turning your plane around and sending it back into the skies. Keeping us safe in the skies. Keeping us safe in the skies. But Sean is a farmer at heart, I think. Um, I think in his backyard, he probably has upwards of 100 different species of plants and vegetables and other edible things. He's not interested in growing stuff that just looks pretty, but stuff that you can eat and enjoy, healthy stuff. 
real real wonderful you can um, have a whole meal for for weeks <laughs> just yeah. from just from their backyard absolutely um and bev and sean are in um just outside orlando in in the state of florida and then we have dr karen martin who is a speech uh, speech therapist speech pathologist i think it is and professor in um communication disorders specializing in the geriatric population karen is also a former qualified teacher who did the awesome job of bringing up their two children taking them through home homeschooling all the way through to university and i just yeah. think that is you know huge hats well off done. to you chapeau <laughs> to you for, for doing that uh, karen also lectures uh, university students in uh, tennessee and i think in, in, in one of the other states in, in the u.s as well and her hubby dr james martin jr is a qualified audiologist who better than anyone I know, I think, has the gift of really explaining complex situations in very simple language and in word pictures. He has a real gift of doing that. Uh, James is also a accomplished musician and a former athlete. And I think today, is when, we, when we last visited the States, he still holds some, some uh, records that go way back to his college days, and those records are still standing today. So an outstanding athlete and just a man of many, many, many talents. Um, and they now live in Knoxville, Tennessee, in, in the U.S. of A. Um, our regular listeners, I think, know a fair bit about us. But for maybe some new listeners listening to us, I've got my beautiful wife next to me here, Dr. Andrew Taylor Cummings, who is, um, well, 30 years, we're all 30 years here now, but an organization development consultant. A, um, Andrew came to the UK. Our story is she came to the UK, well, it must be 34 years ago now, 34, 35, yeah, coming long up. Time. My goodness yeah. gracious me. Andrew came across on a scholarship to get her master's and she got her mister as well. That was me. <laughs> um, we, we now share a passion. We, in this relationship space and have been doing that off and on for the last pretty much the last 30 years and we, we'll share a bit about that actually in our yeah story our story will this. come out but i think we should we should turn to our wonderful guests uh maybe we'll start with bev and sean to just share a little bit of the background what got you two together and uh the, the topic today is about lessons learned so maybe you share your background and share one lesson learned, and then we'll go to Karen and James, and we'll all chip in after that. So, Bev and Sean. Go ahead, Bev. <laughs> <laughs> There's one lesson right there, deferred. <laughs> way back when, we were actually in high school together in Jamaica. We met in the eighth grade, and at 12 years old, I was a towering five foot 11, and <laughs> was 13 at the time, and barely over five feet, maybe five, two or so. And the very first time he met me, he walked right up to me and said, you know what? When I get to be taller than you, I'm going to marry you. Wow. Right <laughs> <laughs> Always what I wanted. And to this day, I still have a picture that he gave me, you know, when we exchange class photos on the back of it, it says to my wifey. Um, at okay. the I probably scoffed at his bravado, but, you know, was impressed by it as well. And we quickly became very good friends. We had a great circle of friends. And uh, Sean basically walked me home almost every day from school where we would, you know, rehash the day at school. We would talk about dreams of the future and so on. And um, just uh, developed a really strong, great foundation. Anything you want to add? No, that's it. That covers it. You know, I always knew what I wanted. <laughs> I always go. There you go. That's it. Lesson one right there. <laughs> I know. Oh, well, I love, I love it. So while, while you're on that, do you want to share just one of the lessons that you've learned in doing life together over 
well, 30 years of marriage, but a lot more well, before that. before that, exactly. Well, I would definitely say from, uh, we have always had a very strong friendship. And I think in any marriage at all, having that solid foundation of just open, honest friendship. And I guess because we weren't dating or boyfriend and girlfriend from the very start, we always shared um, experiences. We we talked about different things. We went very deep in conversation. So I was able to know his character and his yeah. qualities and his values, his morals from a very, very young age. Um, we were we were just talking about that the other day because we were listening to this um, this other preacher saying how important it is to sit down with your intended um, when you're thinking of getting marriage and discuss what you want out of the future in terms of children and goals and dreams and so on. And we looked at each other and said, you know, I don't remember us having that specific conversation, but because we had those years of friendship where we mm. talked about any and everything, I, th I guess it was just, yeah. you know, superimposed. I guess you just automatically assume that this is what the person wants uh, the same for you because of that friendship and that foundation. And we've yeah, just exactly. always maintained that very open, honest communication. Um, you know, even if it's something that we know is going to hurt, we still have to get it out there so that we can get past it. Yeah, I think that's, sorry, Sean, what, were you going to say something? No, I was just saying communication. That That is that is key right there. You know, yeah. communicate what we needed, what we want, mm -hmm. what's going on. And that uh, covers um, all the framework, all the groundwork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what you said about being able to understand the character and build that foundation of trust and friendship is so important, especially now that life has shifted and people are meeting online without the context of mm -hmm. seeing their behavior at high school or at university or in their natural setting without the relationship, you know, being formed yet. You get to see people as they are. Mm -hmm. uh, when you meet them in the real world, but meeting them online, you really have to do put the effort in to get to know the character and yeah. build that foundation. Condense everything trust. into a short space of time if you have to, but take the time to to just become friends. Yeah, as you said, uh, what I've jotted down here is talk about any and everything. Just yeah. become friends, and we're going to come back to that point as yeah. well. But uh, let's go on to Karen and James. We want to hear a bit of your story and one lesson that you've learned over the thirty years of marriage as well. Ahead, well, I know you're going um, to say uh, as they look <laughs> lovingly at each other for those who can't see the video. <laughs> Listen, lesson learned for a husband: always give your wife first dibs. Right? She is your your wife. You need to make sure she's taken care of. So, learning that is important. So, I grew up in a little town in North Carolina, um, and uh, we had maybe one stoplight, you know, going in and out. So it was small. So the prospects town, yeah. of finding someone who I think would be um, somebody that would captivate my heart was limited. And uh, my spiritual papa, my pastor, told me, you always want to find somebody that God has placed in your heart's equal level. That is your rib. Mm -hmm. So from an early age, I prayed that God would bring me my rib and uh, was very deliberate, uh, went through high school, college, still expecting God to deliver this rib to me. And um, at one point, got very frustrated because it seemed to take a long time. 
And I wanted this rib. I'm like, where is my rib? You know, I'm missing something. There's a space Mm. that's missing. And um, so I had finally said, you know what, God, I'm just give up. In your time, I guess you'll bring her if you don't, fine. And I think that was the point where God said, now I can come in and take control. You're trying to make this happen on your terms, uh, what you expect, with your expectations. And um, that's not what I want to give you. I want to give you something better than that. So uh, I was working at, uh, after college, working at Western Carolina University. And um, I hear this wonderful Jamaican voice in the hallway. (laughs) Now, we are in the country, people. I mean, Mm -hmm. we say fanger and there and y'all in Tennessee and Texas. So when you hear this wonderful Jamaican melodic voice coming down the hallway, uh, it was just, it catches your ear. And so I turned around and looked and saw Karen talking to someone else in the hallway and was minding my own business when she looked at me and went, Yamanda, come here, Yamanda, yeah. You know, and now this is my version of the story. I'm just telling you. (laughs) At another episode, maybe on St. Patrick's Day or Thanksgiving, we can let her unpack that version. Um, But uh, at that point in time, you know, I I went over and a professor of ours introduced us and we proceeded to talk for a good hour in the hallway. And he said, look, will you guys get back to work? You've been out here talking for an hour, you know? (laughs) Uh, And so at that point, I kind of knew that uh, she was going to have a special place in my heart. So um, we have uh, just been journeying along since then. So, Okay, Karen. So I can tell that when James saw you, whatever you said, he would have heard. (laughs) 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 What's your version of that experience? (laughs) Well, he's not completely wrong, though I may not have done it. Audibly, I did do it definitely internally. So he okay. must have just had okay. the, the um. <laughs> See, James the, an audiologist. He can hear that kind of stuff. The, exactly, yes. exactly. Yes. He yes. Had this hearing because I had been seeing him walking around um, the the speech and hearing office for a while, knowing that he was coming to meet up with our professor, the one who introduced us. They were running buddies, so he would come over every evening, so they could go running. And I'd been seeing him and wondering who is this guy. I knew that he wasn't a student at Western. Um, so yeah. And then when I realized that Michael knew him, my eyes perked up because I figured at some point he would be able to introduce us and he eventually did. So I, I was definitely eyeing him a few days, maybe a week or so before we had had the chance to meet. Um, and Amazing. then that was, go ahead. No, as I just commenting, you know, what a start to a journey. Yeah. And, and, and 30 years on, you're still smiling. So there, there's something you've been doing right. <laughs> we want to hear what some of those lessons are, what some of those lessons you want to share today. You know, what are the lessons learned from that? Or, or one, one lesson. One, one, one lesson. One well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, as, as Sean and Beth had shared, to communicate, um, two things that resonate with us. One is a verse of mine that I kind of try to abide by. One is a verse of James is that he also tries to abide by and, and um, I use as, as, as examples when needed is to not go to bed angry. The, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. And the other one, James knows it better than me as far as quoting it, but being slow to speak, no, slow to anger. Say it. Do you remember it? Slow to anger, slow to speak. Yeah, basically. Yes. Yeah. 
There are yeah. three rules quick, in Quick that. to listen, slow that to anger, Thank you. slow to quick speak. Quick to listen, yeah. slow to anger, slow to speak. So I think we use those as our our um, our rules of communication. Yeah, you know, and that's such a powerful lesson. It's easy to say, but to it's difficult be, to do. But, yeah. I, but to be determined about making it a habit is such an important thing to yeah. just make your mind up that this is what you're going to make a habit in your relationship. And for us, it's a similar theme. One of the one of the lessons uh, that we've learned, one of the things that we try to make a habit of, we like to talk about the sacred space between mm. us, keeping that uncluttered. And that speaks to what you've said, Bev and Sean, about communicating about everything, which means you have to have the courage sometimes to talk about things that feel tough, but that's how you keep this sacred, sacred space uncluttered. Absolutely. And also not holding on to anger, you know, unpacking or kind of carting out any resentment, dealing with things that would create a divide between you. So, yeah, we're totally on the same page I, where that's 100%. concerned. I, I would say, I mean, that's why I wrote, I wrote down, talk about any and everything. And I would say, talk about any and everything, even when those things are not easy to talk about. Yeah. You have to talk about them because if you don't, they, you'll sweep them under the carpet and they will come back and bite you at some stage in the game. You just have to have those conversations as difficult as they are, as uncomfortable as they are. You have to have those conversations and just kind of soldier through and, you know, get to the other side of them. And they may drag on for a little while, but you just have to have those conversations rather than pretend they didn't happen or go quiet because that's when the distance in our experience, that's when the distance starts to set in until you can have those conversations and clear that uncluttered space. Yeah. You can't get back to connecting again as a, as a couple. And, you know, there, there's something I want to ask because assumed in all of that is that, that we, that you have the skills yeah. to talk about tough things and do it well and get to a place of really understanding each other's heart and being able to, look after each other through tough conversations where do you get the skills where did you get the skills how did you learn to do some of this stuff and maybe we'll start with you this time Karen and James and then go to Bev and Sean well <clears throat> the first to, to be honest the first thing that comes to my mind when you ask that question is from our parents like our mom and mom and dad um, they always said that communication was key so we kind of knew that that was something that we needed to work on. And then the second question is one thing that was very instrumental for us um, before and during our first year of marriage. We had a couple who still live in North Carolina and still to this day send us anniversary cards, a birthday card for each of us on our birthdays and also for our children 30 something years later. Wow. Um, they were leaders of a, a couple slash relationship group called Homes of Honor and had invited us to participate in that um, when they were doing it in their homes in North Carolina. It was about an eight week study, I think. Um, and we went through that, no pun intended, but fell in love with that and tried to introduce it to other couples as we had the opportunity, opportunity to as well. So that really became the foundation for us and our relationship and sharing it with others. And then I think the second thing was Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we love to practice, run it through our kids and our families and our friends if they're interested in doing it. And um, something that we realize may change over time as life changes, as we move from 
children into adulthood as we move from a work situation to a home situation. So it's not something that stays the same once you've done it. Um, And those two things, um, the five love languages and homes of honor, which introduces us to, excuse me, um, um, the the, uh, animal, lion, beaver, otter, retriever personalities, both of those foundations, I think, have been very instrumental in helping us to sharpen our communication skills with each yeah, other. We, I was going to say, well, we've shared that with you before, Karen, haven't we? Because when when we first set up in business, ooh, our second year of marriage, so 29 years ago, 28, 28, 28 29 years ago, um, and discovered just how much we didn't like each other anymore because <laughs> I knew how to do everything just right. And it was Andrea had some funny ideas and I don't know what she and was she doing. And she still but, does. Yeah, that caused us all, any, any number of challenges. But it was that same material that you introduced to us back then, Karen. I remember that Homes of Honor with the, um, especially the, the animal personality model on there. Yes. It really showed me um, the, the very myopic view I had of the world. Who I, I only saw the world one way yes. and kind of dismissed other ways as less valid, less interesting. And for me, that was the big re- re- realization, revelation was that actually, you know what? There are different ways of seeing the world here. She just has a very different way, which is equally valid. It's just a different way of seeing the world. And actually, it has some strength. Yes. Actually, it does. It has some absolute strength. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I just want to honor um, you, uh, Karen and James, uh, about that and the couple who introduced you to the Homes of Honor because that's become the gift that keeps on giving, mm. th- firstly, through your lives. And then when you introduced it to us at a point that it really mattered in our lives and the direction that our marriage took, that became the seed and the catalyst for the work that we've been doing over the last pretty much most of our married life and especially the business that we've been running in the last six years. And I think, uh, you know, I just want to make that point that as couples, for both of you, for the lives that you speak into, know that doing marriage well, sticking it out, going through the tough times, you are touching so many lives in ways that you don't even know and may never know this side of heaven, but keep doing an amazing job in modeling what a healthy, successful marriage looks like. So thank you. We want to honor both of you in that. Can I, um, oh, go ahead. yeah, I was going to share something. Cause you know, in, in this journey, you know, we get the highlights of people's lives and the positive and everything looks great. And everybody's dressed wonderful. But one of the things we learned from our, our sessions there. There were eight couples within that. There's always a couple that is struggling, that's on the verge of giving up or going into divorce, or they don't know how to communicate. And they're at that, they're at crossroads, right? Those intersections. And we were just married. I mean, we were still in the honeymoon phase. I mean, you know, you didn't have to brush your teeth in the morning because your breath smelled wonderful. You know, it was that stage of life that you just, everything was wonderful. I mean, the stars aligned and it was just beautiful. Well, during that class, there was a couple that was struggling. Little did we know, of course, Jack and Bonnie, who were our kind of mentors, mentors, knew. And at some point, one of the classes, they erupted into this disagreement and how do you fight fair and, you know, just the whole conversation. For us, we were shocked. I mean, we were deers in the headlight because we thought thought all married couples just had this wonderful uh, fantasy life and was you know, beautiful and everything. And for us, 
it gave us balance because it made us realize, gosh, if we don't work on this thing every day and try to keep communication, we could end up like that. Now they worked yeah. out and that actually be- became the fruits of them getting better in their marriage. But it really was an eye opener because we were the youngest couple married in this group of people who've been married for 20, 30, 40 years. And um, we learned a lot at that point in time, which I think set us up and gave us roadmaps and and guardrails to where we need to stay. Yeah, Yeah. that's so powerful to know that you have to be intentional about the the, the skills that you develop. Um, And that's a, a good point to bring in were you going to say? I was gonna say just before you do that just picking up on that point there it's just so important to do that and to model that and to let other people see that because my mind as you were speaking there James my mind was taken back to a friend of mine who mm. never, never witnessed that never experienced that with his parents I'm, I'm guessing Any right. I, I know they yeah. argued because everybody does it some to, to some degree but the kids never saw that and so he grew up thinking that Parents never argued, never, never had any sort of um, tense conversations. It was all lovey-dovey and happy. That's what, that's what he saw. So when he went into his own relationships, and I remember this going back away now, this one girlfriend had moved country to come and you know, move in together and set up a life together. That's how they were, they, they were doing it back then. Um, and they had an argument. And he, I remember him coming to me and he said, well, she's got to go. I'm like, what do you mean she's got to go? <laughs> Working out. In his mind, if you're a couple, you don't have arguments. It's just all happy. I'm like, no, mate, you've got to go back there and have a conversation and, and work things through. So it's, you know, being able to model that and let other people see that and do it well is, is so important to be able to do that. Yeah. And this, this point of being intentional about skills and being very deliberate about communicating well and learning how to do it well, and also teaching other people how to have these open heart-to-heart conversations. That's something I think of you, uh, Sean and Bev, with, because Mm -hmm. you're both uh, amazing in doing it for yourself as a couple, but we see you mentoring so many other people in those captured, snatched moments of conversation. You're able to go deep in a moment, talk heart to heart, help lift people out of whatever they're stuck in, whatever obstacles they're having, and, and and just give them hope and direction to lift their relationship. We see you as wonderful mentors. And, you know, for all of us, well, as couples, we each bring something different, but I know you're such great shoulders for all of us to rest on in times when we feel weary in different ways so we want to honor you and say thank you for that uh but we also want to say how did you do it what have you <laughs> what, what how did you develop the skills where did your skills come from well for me it's it was not not simple but kind of simple um because i had this group uh family members you know you guys to to lean on and that's why we've always been close mm-hmm. you know for all these years mm-hmm. um you know um f- for me you know growing up you know i wasn't you know um super spiritual or anything like that you know marriage for me was a partnership whether it be going in front of the pastor or not whatever it is that's how i grew up you know, until I met Beverly and I knew that wouldn't work for her, you know? So again, I had to change my perspective. I said, yes, you, for me, in, in growing up in Jamaica, being my, being my wife doesn't necessarily mean 
going in front of a pastor and exchanging rings and, and so forth. Yeah. So that had to, that perspective for me had to change. And you could see, you know, with, with that, uh, that road, you could see the benefits of doing all of that and doing it the right way and, um, sticking together and, uh, you know, working through everything together, but I had, you know, great company. So, you know, that, that made it even easier for me. And yeah. of course, beautiful. <laughs> well, I, I want to piggyback on what John said about his friend, because I didn't see mommy and daddy argue at all. You know, I was, was never exposed to an argument and as I had said before, Sean and I had this really strong, solid friendship. And when we got married and we had our very first argument, it kind of shocked me because mm. at the time, and thankfully we've both grown and matured, Sean was a person that when he was upset about something or we had a disagreement, it would just come out and he would say everything. And for me, I am a processor. Um, I'm, I've always been very careful of what I say because I never want to have to go back and say, I'm sorry, or so no. I want to be careful no. that I don't hurt the person. So it took some time for us to learn how to balance that because he would get his emotions out and think, okay, I've gotten it out. I'm done. I'm over. Let's just move on. And I'm like, hang on, you're going to have to wait three days until <laughs> <laughs> move on from that and thankfully because he knew me so well um he could read the body language and say okay what's wrong you've got to tell me you cannot expect me to know what you're feeling and i would think you know me so you should know what i'm feeling you should know what you should be doing and so on and we just had to talk it through um and he had to he has he's learned that okay i'm going to say something you may not like it but let's talk about it afterwards as opposed to i've said it i'm good we're all good no we're not all good i have to catch up and you yeah. have to wait until i process it and realize that the intent was not to hurt my feelings or so but you needed to get it out and i think we've been able to move on from that i didn't we didn't get the homes of honor book karen <laughs> what happened but but you could see it you could see it living out and saw it through them so it was safe. Yeah. And those days I never used to read anyway. So <laughs> it wasn't just the book. This was a video series. I didn't see stuff. Yeah. Well, well, we got it because we clearly needed we it. <laughs> we we needed something to help us understand what was going on. And um, I love what you said there, Bev, about uh, firstly needing time to process because the way we each deal with conflict, that's something else that we all need to learn. Most people run away from it because we've just experienced it done badly. Um and the fact that you, uh, there's something else I was going to say, but anyway, this idea of growing and developing skills and getting better, I think through the 30 years, I'd love to hear your perspective on this and yours as well. We change and yeah. the person that you fell in love with, um, you're still in love with them, but who they are, the, you know, your aspirations, your outlook on life changes and we need to stay updated in each other's to, to really still know each other's 
hearts. You know, there's an author who talks about love maps, which people completely misunderstand what they're talking about. But what he means is that mental space of hopes and dreams and desires. How do you stay updated with each other's how do you keep your love map current so that you really still are connected heart to heart with the things that really matter to each of you as you grow and develop? Well, and I, you want to go first? Well, I was going to ask, answer that question, ask that question a different way, which is how did you manage to change the other person to be the person that you wanted them to be? Uh, no, that's not the question <laughs> I wanted to ask. That's a provocative question because so many people think yeah, like they, that. You know, yes, how how yes. am I going to change this person to be the person I want them to be? That's correct. So I'm going to put correct. it out like that. What do you guys make of that? I'll jump in and give a couple of answers to that. Sorry, Bev. Um, Two things that are resonating in my mind right now, kind of to bring both of your questions together, is the realization, and this is where I think a learning aspect comes in or an education aspect, is although the two become one, we want to think like one. Like Bev said, you know, Sean should be able to read her mind and know what she's thinking and I definitely expect the same thing of James. I mean, I don't know why he can't read my mind and know what's going on. But the truth of the matter is, although the two are becoming one, we are still two, two personalities, probably from two cultures, two ways of upbringing, two ways of thinking, two ways of managing how to deal with conflict or different situations. And now that we become more educated, we also know that there are two personalities like One's a beaver and one's an otter. One's a lion and one's a golden retriever. You know, so with that knowledge, we realize even though we have become one as a unit being married, we still have these two separate schools of thoughts and perspectives. And as to answer John's question, the way about changing to be more like we want them to be is realizing that and kind of knowing how they think based on the personality and the perspective that they have shared with us that they experienced mm. and what we have shared with them that we experienced. And I think another thing is on the part of conflict, um, like Bev said, he needed, she needed three days, is to learn to say, yes, I'm willing to talk about it, but I need some time. And set a time in the future, two days, three days, an hour, whatever, to come back to it when you're more ready to deal with it so that the emotions aren't running ahead of the rational mm. communication that needs to happen. Yeah. So I really think that when um, we realize that just because I'm in love with James doesn't mean I think the way he does or he thinks the way I does, we need to be willing and comfortable in sharing how we're exactly thinking because it's yeah. the way Karen thinks that Karen is sharing with James. Karen is not thinking like James and James is not thinking like Karen. Yeah. And, and that's what makes it richer, Bev. I yeah. quickly want to add too that, you know, again, those were in the early stages. And one of the things I quickly realized, going back to the Bible verse that you shared, Karen, not to go to bed angry. Three days is a very long time because yeah. a lot can fester in someone's mind. I know that's something I struggled with because you go through all these what if scenarios in your head that can lead you down a very dangerous path. So I really appreciate Sean taking the bull by the horn, so to speak, and saying, no, we need to resolve this and get this out because this is not us and this is not the way that it should be. So um, I totally agree with you. The Five Love Languages book 
um, you know, that we all shared at that at some point really gave me an insight to how to love him and how he could love me. And um, I've learned that I can come to him and say, look, I don't want you to fix anything. I just need to vent and get this out. Or it can be, this is a problem and we need to solve it. Because I think for women, because we have so many words to get out, sometimes we just need to get that emotion out. It's not to cause friction. It's not to cause anything. It's just need to let the words out. And there are other times where, yes, there is a solution that needs to be derived from it. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's so well said. And that's why I think learning the skills of how to do it is so important because yes, we need to get the words out. Yes, we need to address the conflict, but it's not just any old way because you can hurt people and damage the relationship by the way you do it. We have to learn how to be safer people to be around so that we can talk about things. And uh, what we've said is, you know, we talk about ground rules. You talk about ground rules as well, where you agree together how what the boundaries are so that no matter how intensely angry you might get you know there are certain lines you won't cross so Mm -hmm. that you can have a conversation with uh, an intense argument and know that the relationship is safe and you're safe so like we agreed we'd never hit each other we'd never threaten divorce just to be spiteful and we'd never just walk out the house in anger and create that sense of abandonment um I love what you said about you're not in each other's heads because that's our assumption. Mm. Uh, I think the assumption is because you love each other and because you spent so much time together, obviously you need to be a mind reader. And therefore, if you don't do the things that I want, it means you're being mean to me on purpose. You know, this is the right. this is a thing that can can go on in our heads. But just to be clear, I know you were asking a provocative question. It's not about changing the other person because the only person we can change is ourselves that's right sometimes it means well always it means adjusting our behavior to communicate and behave in a way that the other person can hear it best Uh, but it's not about changing who you are or changing your individuality because that's what keeps the relationship interesting and alive it's not about becoming just this amorphous blend mm. of each other. It's keeping that unique identity and figuring out how to do life together while still being your vital, alive, made here uniquely for a purpose self. Did yeah. I say that right? No, absolutely. And I was going to say <laughs> yes. it's, it's so <laughs> egotistical is the is is the best way I think of of describing it because the thinking, the thought process is. If only this, you know, there's this and there's this, but if only this, this other person could be more like this me, then life would be plain sailing. Well, mm-hmm. one, that's not really, well, it's not, it's not reality <laughs> for sure, because people are made different. I mean, Bev, I'll pick up on a point that you made earlier, which is um, about, um, you, you, made, you made it as a, as, a, as a throwaway comment even, but I think for some of our audience, they may not be aware of this. The, the research has shown that men and women are physiologically different of course, stereotypically, it's not 100% of men and 100% of women. But if you go with the stereotypes of 80% of them, physiologically, women speak more words than men do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, you know, if you go right way back to, to, to in babies the in yeah. the womb, even before, yeah. before birth, the lip muscles of, of little girl fetuses are moving more than, than, than the little boy fetuses. Physiologically, there are differences. Now, 
once you bring two people together, whether it's personalities, whether it's gender differences, whether it's um, ways of thinking, there are so many different differences, whether it's cultural differences, any number of differences, we are all fundamentally different. And I think what we need to get over is the expectation that uh, even though I look at the person, they look different to me, I should kind of get that they're different to me. But I kind of forget that. And I think, well, they're going to think the way I think, and they're going to respond the way I respond and go, do things the way I do things. That's just re not reality. And it's that expectation that is what causes the problem or the challenge time and time and time again. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to build on that, what we've learned is it's about learning how to be each other's champion, uh, championing each other in the strengths that you know that they have, giving them the space to grow and develop in that, and to we call it giving space and grace for each other to be different, to turn up in your strengths. And we've discovered that when we do that, what we can create together is so much better because we're allowing different perspectives and personalities and approaches to influence the thing that we create at the end. Um, what I, I know we're kind of running out of time and there's so much that we could talk about. What lessons that yeah, you wanted thing. to share that uh, we haven't said yet or ground rules or, or what else would you like to kind of put out there as something to support other couples, encourage other people thinking about marriage? What have we not covered that you think I really want to say that yeah, one, one thing? One thing to leave people listening, uh, listeners thinking. So about. can I share this? Because I really think it would be relevant. You know, this life that we're on is a journey. We're yeah. travelers together on a path. And in this life, you choose to take an offense. It's a choice. Whether I get offended by something, what you say or how I take it is a choice. Mm -hmm. And as travelers, you know, you take certain things with you when you travel. Usually it's a suitcase, right? You put all things you're going to carry. But in a marriage, one of the things we have to be very careful of is picking up rocks to put in the suitcases from offense. The mm -hmm. rock of an offense. Because every time something happens, either that you don't share or talk about or unpack, get that word unpack, suitcase, you're now carrying this with you all the time. The good times and the bad times. And it becomes a point when you get 50 rocks in your suitcase, number one, it's hard to navigate, it's work, and it's heavy. Mm -hmm. And at some point, if you get triggered, all those rocks of offense will come out at whoever happens to be in your path. Right. Mm. And generally, it's the people that are closest to us that we end up unloading all these rocks and things that happened 10 years ago that they didn't know about come out. Right. Mm. And words are very powerful. And so words can damage. Words can hurt. Words can kill. So I would say be very careful in, in your marriage on words, how you say them, what you say. And then just don't pick up rocks. Travel light. <laughs> Take a backpack. So that you have to empty it eventually, right? And sooner than later, so that it doesn't become a weapon that you can end up damaging the people that you're traveling with. So for us, and, and that's a work in progress. I mean, we don't have that mastered. I mean, you know, we're all getting in shape and carrying these things around so that we can get better and fitter as a couple and as individuals. So I say, choose not to be offended. Don't carry offenses. Amazing. Love that visual of rocks. Yes. And I'll just put it out there. Uh, we, one of my dreams, and I know you guys are on board with this, we just haven't organized it yet, is to get us all speaking at a weekend retreat for couples. How awesome is that? Luxury retreats with the three couples 
<laughs> being part of the the speaker presentation. So that that's coming. <laughs> that's coming <laughs> yeah. sooner than we think. I think because this is probably the start of that. Anyway, who's going to go next? Beth. Oh, next, I think for us, we have learned that we have to be deliberate in dating and keeping the romance alive and so on. I know we haven't talked about our children. We all are blessed with beautiful children, but orchestrating the dynamics of with Sean and I, Sean is has a very different schedule. He doesn't have the usual Monday to Friday weekends off. It's an unusual schedule. So having to orchestrate. Well, and have, people want to go to Disney, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, holidays and so on. So the time that we have together, we are very, it's very precious to us and we are very um, protective of it because in addition to the dynamics of running families and businesses that we have, we also have our mom that's living with us. His mom is only about a block away and we have to oversee their medical care and so on. Uh, so we are very deliberate in our date time and we want to make sure that it's an on-purpose dating that we get because that's a time that we really get to have the deep conversation. You know, yeah. we don't want to be passing ships, so to speak, because yeah. of our time frames. So I would encourage no matter where anybody is in their relationship or in their marriage, that they should be be deliberate with the time that they date each other or spend time together. Yeah, very well said, because that's what we do in the beginning before we get married. And then suddenly the routine and chores and so on take over. So very well said. All right, Karen, Hello, Sean. Sean, who's going next? Okay. Oh, you wanted it from each of us. Um, yeah. Hmm. I definitely agree with the date night and making it a priority. Um, I definitely agree with choosing not to take offense. That's huge because, as James says, it is a choice. Um you know, I don't know. It's it's hard to come up with what else I would say to that. I think definitely remembering that we are or have different personalities. And so sometimes when you see someone's response, it's the personality that's speaking and not not the person that you love who is speaking against you, trying to hurt you. Yeah. Um, and once you realize that, oh, James is just being an otter, or I don't need to be so much of a beaver. I can lighten up a little bit. Um, just knowing where to give and take, where that is concerned. So you're yeah. not forcing the otter to become a beaver. And you're not forcing the beaver to become an otter. But you're trying to kind of meet somewhere in the middle. And yeah. um, for those of the, the audience who may have been familiar with John Trent and Gary Smalley's um, animal personalities, they, they know that when he talked about it, he said that these were all strengths and it was just a matter of finding where the weaknesses are, the weaker parts, and building those up. That Jesus had all those qualities, so they're all strengths. Some just have a stronger personality in one animal than another. Mm -hmm. And it's just all about becoming a little bit more equally balanced. What was you saying? Balance. Balance. A little bit more Balance. equally yeah. balanced. So there are times when I do need to lighten up and not be so let's read the instructions first type of a person and let him splash around a little bit and there are times when he needs to pull back on the splashing and be a little bit more serious about something that's pressing so it's yeah. a lot of give and take 
Yeah, and I, I love the way you said it. That's what we mean about space and grace, where it's, it, quite often the frustrations or the irritations come from our strengths in extreme, and we don't yes, have to right, be extreme. Right. Yes. We have to learn how to manage it. Um, so it's 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 not about just becoming again the word amorphous blend of everything else. It's standing strong in the strengths that you bring, but knowing when knowing how to manage it depending on who you're relating to or what the situation demands. Um, grace and grace. We've got a couple of minutes left. John, uh, John. you want to share? Quickly, any uh, one last thought? Just a and quick, did you quick for me, and I'll just say, always be willing to learn. Always yeah. be willing to change. Always look to the end goal and see and work towards getting there. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Oh, I love that work towards the end goal. And if happily ever after is the end goal, sometimes yeah. we have to fight for it. That's right. uh, but if whatever yeah. you're doing is working towards that end goal, you know that you'll get there, even if sometimes in the middle of the process feels rough. Yeah. And, you know, there's something in Michelle Obama's book, I know we'll all resonate with that. She said something that, you know, if you're married for like 30 years and 10 of those years are really hard and we don't have time now, but we've each had some serious challenges in marriage to overcome. If 10 of those years are hard, you're still in the money. You still have 20 amazing years and more to come. So why wouldn't you put the effort in to preserve it and to keep it going strong? Absolutely. Um, Quick one, one thing from you. One thing for me to do, keep, I think I've just said it, is to just trust the process and keep those safe boundaries protecting your relationship and keep learning and getting better so that you turn up as the partner that you want to have. You give the gift of the best version of you by learning and growing and getting better and better because together you'll just make music if everybody's giving the best of what they have. Wonderful. And I think one, if there's one thought from me, just very quickly, I would say think the best. Um, which is about when when the other person says something or does something that you don't understand, uh, don't assume that they did it to annoy you. Um, because remember that all you can see is the world through your lens and you can't really see why they did what they did. It might seem ridiculous. It might seem annoying, whatever it is. Stop and just think, actually, no, I respect this person. They did it for a reason. I can't understand what that reason is. Help me understand what that reason is. And help I think me you, understand. Golden words. Help, help me understand. understand. Because if you adopt that approach, I think it's a much better way than thinking, no, this is the way, you silly person, why did you do that? That for me has been the biggest learning. And that's what I think I, I would want to pass on. <laughs> well, I'm conscious we, we are well out of time. I, I think I'd love, I'd love to have another conversation. I think like we this. need another, another time. One. There's so much more we could unpack. But I, uh, yeah, you guys are special. You know, you're my heartbeat. You are... <laughs> You are wonderful. We love you. We Thank you. Sisters and brothers in love for nothing. I know. Thank you for making this time. I know James and Karen, you have a plane to catch after this. Um, but we've just loved this time together and look forward to doing more. Hopefully this is just the start. But bless you guys for being such an important part of our lives and our journey. And, you know, on behalf of all the lives that you each touch. Thank you. And we hope our, our listeners will be really blessed by this. Please do um, um, comment on, yeah, the, give us on, your on comments. the podcast. Give us your comments, your thoughts. If you've enjoyed this podcast, share, share in there. And um, we look forward to seeing you again in the next one.
But meanwhile, from us, it's thank you and bye-bye. Bye-bye. Three times 30 years. Job done. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did and you want to hear more, the best thing to do is subscribe. Then you'll never miss an episode. There's a new one every Friday. You can stay connected with us on social media at The Four Habits for updates, behind-the-scenes content, and to participate in discussions related to the show. We always love to hear from you. And of course, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your preferred platform to allow us to reach more listeners and help people around the globe radically transform the way they do relationships so they too can enjoy better harmony at home, thrive at work, and win at life.